Hey friends, it's me, Morgan. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, today is November 22nd, 2023, the day before Thanksgiving. And I haven't recorded a damn thing since August, since the very beginning of August. Um, a lot has happened in a few months, um, almost four months. But the reason <clears throat> that I wanted to record something today is, one, my husband took the kids to go get their COVID and flu vaccinations today. Bless him. Um, and so I, I had some extra time today uh, to myself, some quiet time that I don't normally have. And the CF Foundation blog is is doing a feature on creativity in the CF community, and they're including a little blurb about the Makers, Dreamers, Doers podcast, which is awesome. But when they reached out to me on Instagram about it, I kind of panicked because I was like, okay, uh, this is great, but I haven't done anything in relation to the podcast in four months. So um, I've been thinking for a few days, maybe I should just pop, pop in and say hello and let anybody know who is going to listen to this as a result of the CF blog that um, things have been on pause, but I'm still around. I just, I started a new job in August, in early August. Um, like it coincided, I think literally to the day of my last episode and it's just been really wonderfully busy. Um, and it's been taking up, not in a bad way, um, but it's been taking up a lot of my time. And for the eight months prior to that, I was in a job that was very much not taking up all of my time and not stimulating me creatively, excuse me, not stimulating me creatively or uh, mentally, really. Um, it was a very low stress um, job and... So that, that's, that's in part what the podcast was born out of was just feeling kind of bored and having a lot of creative energy that was bouncing around that I wasn't doing anything with. And um, I told this the story on the first episode of the podcast. You can go back and listen to that if you want, but um, sort of the origin story and like why I decided to do this and what sparked the idea. Um but I, I didn't quit because I didn't like it or because I ran out of ideas. I just simply ran out of time um, with the new job. So um, I wanted to provide a couple of just updates um, and just kind of chat with you for a little bit. Um, so one thing that I have really tried to hang on to even as I'm really busy at work and in life with the twins and everything else that goes on in the busy life of a of a mom of toddlers and a wife and someone who's working full-time and all the things is writing and I feel like sometimes things come along just at the right time and it feels serendipitous and one of those things was, or has been, the Salty Pen Writing Group, which is a writing group that was, that, um, was started by Cindy Baldwin, who is a fellow CFer, 
and author, published author. Um, she's got four books traditionally published, and she's working on her fifth. She um, she was awarded a Cystic Fibrosis Foundation Impact Grant in the spring to start this group, and it's been amazing so far. And there's I I think there's lots of value to the group, but to me, the biggest thing has just been having someone in your corner telling you you can do this and this is how you do it um this is how I did it you know speaking from her own experience with getting books published and um and you go girl kind of energy so with that yes I am trying to work on writing a book which feels so weird to say and like so pie in the sky but I think Cindy has done a really good job of bringing that pie in the sky down to eye level and being like, hey, we can demystify this thing that seems so like grandiose and shrouded in mystery and um, break it down into steps and you can do this. It's been something, writing in general, I think is just kind of in my bones. It's, um, I, I have kept journals my whole life. It's really funny to to look back at the ones that I wrote um like in elementary school um I'm sure I have several that I threw away over the years because they were embarrassing or I don't know just lost track of them but I've always journaled and um writing is just something that I feel like I I think there's like a, a feeling you get when you just know that something is for you and I've tried lots of different things um particularly creatively uh, like photography I've done for several years and while I enjoy photography and I'll probably keep doing a little bit of that um, as time goes on it's never been something that I've intuitively felt this is my thing like this is what I want to do and with writing that has always been the feeling that I've had I've just never done it in you know like a in the capacity of like writing a book um because I've been scared. I've been totally scared that I'm not good enough. Um, what if I try and I fail? There's all kinds of fears like swimming around in my head constantly. But a few things have convinced me to pursue it even though I'm really scared. Um, and one of those things, I don't remember where I heard this, but it's really stuck with me. And it's like, Something to the effect of if there's something that you want to do, but you don't do it because you're too scared, how are you going to feel if someone else does it and goes forward with it and finds success and you don't because you never tried? And when I think about that, when it comes to writing, oh my gosh, I get such like an ache in my chest and a, a pit in my belly and I just know that if I never try writing a book, um, like really try, like really give it a shot, and I'm on my deathbed, <laughs> dramatic, um, but I mean, will happen, uh, I know that I would feel a deep sense of regret. And so that's kind of the thing that I keep in my mind as I am dealing with the fear and anxiety and 
the thoughts of you're not good enough, you don't know what you're doing, but so-and-so has a better story than you do, blah, 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 blah. Um, that's kind of the inner voice that comes to my rescue to the, that kind of like really negative inner voice. So thank you to Cindy for starting this group, for making writing a book and getting it traditionally published um, more like bringing it down, like I said, to eye level and making it demystifying it and making it seem more attainable than I ever thought it could be. Um, I've also had people tell me in the past, you know, at different points, like, wow, you should really write a book. You're a really good writer. Um, you have an amazing story, um, things like that. And I always like <laughs> without fail, um, just like devalue those comments. I, I am really bad at accepting compliments and believing them. I always have this, <laughs> again, voice in my head telling me like, oh, they're just being nice to you. They don't really think that. Um, they're just trying to not hurt your feelings. And I have an idea of where that voice came from. Um, but it does not serve me at all. All it does is paralyze me and keep me stuck. And um, so I, I, I actually, one, one tangible thing that I started doing several months ago to kind of counter that narrative in my head was anytime I received a compliment or um, words of encouragement, I would screenshot it or take a picture or whatever and save it to a, um, photo a photo folder on my phone called encouragement. And so it's all in one place. And on the days that I'm feeling down, which there are plenty of days that I feel down on myself, like I have nothing to offer the world. I look at, I open that folder and scroll through those things and tell myself to believe them. Um, because I, I mean, if, if I am, if I'm being rational, um, I don't think several people would tell me basically the same thing in different instances, you know, over and over if it wasn't true or if there wasn't some truth to it or if they didn't actually believe it. So I'm trying to do a better job of believing people when they, when they tell me I'm doing a good job with something, when they give me a compliment. Um, I think it's just something that I have always believed that I need to stay small, make myself small, um, stay really, really humble, like toxically humble, which I don't know if that's a phrase, but if it is, I just coined it. Um, like not the good kind of humble, um, very self-deprecating. And that's that's just been really detrimental to me as a person. It hasn't helped me in any way. It, all it has served to do is to keep me from the things that I really want to do. Last week, I met with someone who uh, is leading a writing and advocacy uh, six-month course that I'm enrolled in and we've just had one class so far and it, it was amazing. I can already tell I'm going to learn so much from her. She headed up the uh, Vote No campaign in August 
uh, let's see, it was vote no August 2nd of 2022, I think, um, when the, the question on the ballot came up about, um, uh, like abortion rights in Kansas. And that was a successful campaign, the vote no, um, which kept for all intents and purposes and I don't have the details in front of me right now, but kept abortion safe and legal in Kansas. Um, so she was behind that campaign. So, um, and she's had a whole career of like like 20, 25 year career in politics and communications. And she is just someone who I, I value her opinion. And I, I don't think that like what, what's in it for her to tell me something about myself, to give me a compliment to encourage me to do something if she doesn't really believe it. I, d- I just don't think she would do that. And so I met her for breakfast last week and we were just kind of getting to know each other. And um, I was telling her like a little bit of my story and my hopes and dreams and, you know, where I think I'm headed and yada, yada. And, and she was like, you should write a book. And I tried to just soak up that moment because so many times I just immediately dismiss things like that. Like I won't let myself enjoy when someone says something encouraging like that. And so I've just been trying to kind of ride on that energy this week. And I've written 4,000 words, I think, since I met with her last week. And it's definitely nothing. Um, it It's something that may not ever see the light of day. Um, I don't know that it can or should, but that's not what's important to me. What's important to me is that I'm writing and I'm writing a lot. And I am getting the wheels greased up for writing something long form, which I've never done before. Um, but I do, it's a life goal of mine to, to write a book. And I think that um, this is like the very first baby step. Like this is, this is what writing a book is. It's getting started. Um. So there's that. <laughs> so amid all the things, I'm trying to maintain a practice of writing. Um, mostly it's been in the form of like Instagram posts and then this writing that I'm doing for myself. Um, and I have dabbled a little bit into um, Substack, which I, I want to build that out more. I think that's an interesting medium um, and perhaps more suited for my purposes than Instagram but anyway, there's that. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was my mental health. Um, that has been whew, an up and down ride since August till now. I'm still not sure exactly where I'm at with it right now. Um, I, uh, where to begin? <laughs> I stopped drinking for three months from like, I think April to the end of June and then picked it back up again. And like I've said before, I tend to get like pretty evangelical about things when I discover something that I'm like, yes, this makes so much sense. Like I'm going to do this. And so I like declared my sobriety and wrote a piece in the, um, in my, um, CF Clinic's newsletter about how I finally quit and, um, you know, 
that was good, I think. I think it was good to take a break. And three months is like a pretty substantial chunk of time to where I think you can see some changes uh, from, you know, not drinking for that long. I, I didn't notice a lot, honestly, other than I felt more in control. Um, sometimes I can feel like I can't resist alcohol, which, yes, I know that sounds like alcoholism, but um, I am really questioning the concept of alcoholism after reading the book, um, Quit Like a Woman. I can't think of the author's name right now, but anyway. Um, I'm reading another book right now, a writing book, and they talk about how, like, there's essentially two parts of our brain. There's like the emotional part and the um, logical part. And when, and the logical part is like the part of our brain that is in charge of self-control. And when we exhaust our self-control, like when we, when we've exercised so much self-control, um, he, he kind of, comp- they kind of compare it to exercising and how like your muscles get exhausted. Um, so he drew the parallel between exercise and the mental toll it takes to exercise self-control. And so that kind of gave me an aha this morning. I was like, hmm, maybe part of my issue with alcohol, because I'm still drinking now, is like I exercise so much self-control all the time. I work a full work day. Um, it takes a lot of like mental energy and self-control to uh, get up at the time that I do, get my kids taken care of, have the mental stamina and physical stamina to get them ready and out the door in the morning and to school. And by the time I get home and sit down on my desk to begin working, I've oftentimes already been up for four or more hours. Um, So, and then I work the work day, which that takes a lot of self-control. It's, you know, it's not mindless work. Um, and, and, uh, you know, a majority of my days are me telling myself, you need to do this, um, focus, work hard. And so a lot of times by the time the evening rolls around, I've kind of spent my reserves of self-control and I, the emotional side of me wants a beer because it's familiar. It tastes good. I love craft beer and it signals like, the end of the day and relaxation and kind of letting my hair down, if you will. So I have a beer or two and sometimes three. And I've gotten frustrated with myself, like, why? And it can make you feel out of control when you're like, hey, I don't know that I necessarily want a beer right now, but I'm still reaching for one. And I think it's because I've kind of, I've, exhausted that logical brain and my emotional brain's kicking in it's like the emotional brain wants a beer so the emotional brain gets a beer so with that said I'm not sure where I'm at really with the drinking stuff um I'm enjoying it I've had a few really fun nights with my friends and with my husband and it's nice to be able to let loose and I've always been like an anxious and self-conscious person and and alcohol helps melt that away. It's one of the things we all love so much about alcohol. And while I know that it's not the healthiest thing for me, and, you know, sometimes I say or do things that I, like, 
kind of cringe at the next morning. Right now, I feel like it's worth it. So there's that. Um, drinking aside, um, I've had a couple of episodes since early August of really intense periods of poor mental health. Um, I had one, let's see, at the beginning of August, like right around the time I started my new job, great timing, where I went into a really low, low, and I know I posted about it on Instagram at the time, um, or actually, no, I, I posted about it after I came out of it because um, I don't, probably like no one really knows this because I don't talk about it, but I, when I'm in it, I get really quiet, I clam up, I kind of just curl into myself and hunker down until it passes, and then I'll talk about it once I start feeling like myself again, but when I'm in it, I it's really hard for me to open up because it feels very vulnerable and unsafe. So that was like a two-week period that was extremely rough. And I was starting a new job that I desperately wanted to do a really good job at. But when you're starting something new, there's a steep learning curve. And I felt that in every sense. And, you know, largely I'm still feeling that, but I'm in a better headspace right now. And then a couple of weeks ago, um, around the beginning of November, I had, it was like right around um, the time change for daylight savings. I had, I think it was a perfect storm of hormonal imbalance because um, I was starting my, I was PMSing, which for me is um, more like PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is basically, <laughs> for me, it's like a very intense PMS. I'm extremely irritable. I experience some depression, some anxiety, and it is very dysphoric for me. I, um, like while I'm in it I feel like I'm myself but then when I come out of it I'm like holy shit I my brain was thinking differently like my brain was not functioning like it normally does and I have evidence of this uh through things that I write in my journal that I know I don't believe um that I know I don't really think when I'm healthy but when I am unhealthy when I'm experiencing PMDD I can convince myself of things that um, that I don't actually think um, that aren't true, uh, kind of just like everything's worst case scenario basically. And I, I like reevaluate my life, and I'm like, what am I doing? Who am I? And then I come out of it, and I'm like, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, I don't know what that was, but that wasn't me. <coughs> So that was not fun. Um, and then right now I think I'm doing okay. Um, the only thing that I know is not ideal right now is that I don't have a therapist. And I haven't had a regular therapist for, gosh, probably almost a year now. I just keep striking out in terms of um, therapists that I try that just aren't a good match for me. And while I know that I do much better when I have a therapist. It's also super exhausting and just like mentally, emotionally taxing to try and find a new therapist. Um, our healthcare system is a goddamn mess. Um, a lot of times I'll find a therapist that I, I'm like, oh, I think I would, you know, gel well with this one and they don't take my insurance. 
Um, the whole insurance situation is a disaster when it comes to mental health services. It's ridiculous. And, um, and just the, yeah, just the process of like finding a new one and, you know, you can't really know whether or not someone's going to be a fit for you until you've seen them a couple of times, had like a session or five, um, before you can get a really sent, get, really get a sense for whether or not someone's going to work for you. I got really lucky basically the first time in 2018 or 29, no, 2018, when I, um, found the, the therapist that I ended up staying with for four years, I just got really lucky. She was a great match for me at that time. Um, but honestly, like when I talk to people who are going through things, I hesitate a lot of times to even suggest like, Hey, have you thought about seeing a therapist? Because I know that the process is so hard and it's made even harder when you are not in a good headspace, which is just like a double whammy. It's just cruel. It's like adding insult to injury that it's a lot for someone to even consider doing. And I understand the feeling of, is this even worth it? And that's kind of where I'm at now, even though I know therapy is worth it and having the right therapist is totally worth it. I still haven't been able to convince myself to try again. So what's next for the podcast? To be perfectly honest, at this point, I don't know. Um, I really don't see it being realistic for me to continue it in the format that it was um, for the first however many episodes um, because I just don't have the time or capacity to go through the whole process of finding people to talk to setting up schedules, um, setting an agenda, uh, you know, doing the actual recording, doing the editing, and then doing all like the graphics and stuff. Like it's quite a heavy lift, which I had time for before, but I don't now. So I think if I do anything, if I continue with this at all, it'll probably be more monologues like this. Um, Probably more structured Uh, I would like to, I would like to get better about, which I feel like I say this every year, uh, posting to my blog and then sharing the things that I write there in a verbal format here. Um, It's just much easier to get something done when it's just me and not having to coordinate with someone else, though I do think there's a lot of value in the like interview style uh, conversations I was doing. Maybe... At some point in the future, I'll have time for that again. Um, But I would love to hear from you if if that interests you to hear if if that's something that you would listen to um, me droning on, (laughs) Um, or or if not, like kind of um, unscripted like this, perhaps um, like more of the. Fireside Fridays kind of-esque episodes where I'm just reading things that I've written. But that's all that I have. I think I've talked long enough. I'm a little out of breath and my throat's starting to hurt, so I'm going to wrap up here. But if you've listened this far, thank you for tuning in. Um, I hope everybody is doing as well as possible right now. I 
I know the world is very heavy at this moment um, with everything going on in Gaza. Um, it seems like, gosh, I don't know, since 2020, everything's just heavy. There's just a lot going on. There's a lot of pain in the world. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what to say about it um, other than I. it just it weighs on me. And I'm sure it weighs on you too. Um, life is chock full of challenges, both, you know, at home and our own lives and in other parts of the world. Um, and it can ha- be hard to know what to do with all of that emotion. So uh, I also want to just acknowledge that the holidays are not the favorite time of year for everyone. Um, so if this is a challenging time of year for you, whether, um, a parent or a loved one has passed and that makes this time of year, um, sad, or if you've got conflicts within your family that make gathering for the holidays challenging, I hear you. Um, I I don't know, again, I, I have no advice. Um, I'm just, I'm just aware that this time of year in particular is challenging. There's a lot going on. So um, take care of yourself and talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Makers, Dreamers, Doers podcast with me, Morgan Barrett please remember to follow, review, and share this podcast with anyone who you think would enjoy it. Your support helps more people find the podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at morganbarrett underscore underscore and check out my website for more information at morganbarrett.co.